While we remain standing, turn your Bibles, find the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, find chapter 23, please, 2 Samuel, chapter 23. I'm going to talk to you about an incident here, that's not the whole message, but an incident here took place, it confused me for years, I couldn't figure it out, and uh, I'll talk to you about that. 2 Samuel chapter number 23. I want to go down to verse number 13. We'll begin reading there. I'll read out loud. You read along with me silently, but we'll read this together. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 13. And the three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time unto the cave Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephim. And David was then... And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did the three mighty men. I want you to go over one chapter to chapter 24 and verse number 24. 2 Samuel 24 and verse number 24. And the king said unto Arana, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Nevertheless, I'm sorry, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help me to help your people tonight have a better understanding of these scriptures and this thought that I have here tonight to help them. Thank you for the folks that are watching. I hope it will strengthen them and comfort them and encourage them. And I ask you, Lord, please, tonight as we meet together, we may not meet again until Thursday if you allow us to live that long. So help us to gain everything we can out of this, apply it to our lives, and live what time we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you and ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. understand something right off the bat here. God sees the heart and the hand. God sees the giver and the gift. You hear him pray sometimes, God bless the giver and the gift. You'll hear him say that. You'll hear people say today that God sees the heart. Man, look on the outward appearance. God can see the outward appearance too. God sees the outward. God sees the inward. Vance Havner, one of my favorite men I like to read after, great, great evangelist back in his day, he's dead, he's in heaven now, said this, it is one thing to write out a handsome check for church. It is another to give God oneself and the ability by which one earns the check. Okay, so let me say it again. 
He said it's one thing to write out a handsome check to church. It is another to give oneself, to give God oneself and the ability by which one earned the check. Let me help you understand something. Here in this story, we have David here. And David, we find out he's pouring out water on the ground to God. And uh, he's calling it a sacrifice. Understand, David and some of his mighty men are on the run. The Philistines are after them. And they're in a cave called Adullam. And while they're in this cave, wherever they may be at the time, some of his mighty men came to him. And David had some, you, you watch these fake kung fu movies, you know, where they're jumping over buildings and taking on 500 people. Uh, David had guys that could actually do stuff like that. These are some bad guys. Uh, now, they couldn't jump over buildings, but you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so some of them were David. And David and his men, uh, down not too far from where they were at, was Bethlehem. And David evidently got to staring. And wondering about it. And by the way, it's not out of character at all for a soldier, a warrior, to want a cool drink of water. Well, David had drunk out there before because David had been there before. And so it's only a natural reaction that David is hot, he's dirty, he's been on the run. And I, I, here's the way I picture it. He's kind of staring and just kind of, you know how you do sometimes, you kind of talk to yourself like these three ladies over here do all the time. Uh, what? And... Uh, David, David, the Bible said, he just longed. In other words, he just happened to mention it in passing. You know, that'd really be good, wouldn't it? Man, I'd sure like to have a drink from there. Three of his mighty men jumped to. They didn't ask for his permission, but they take off right off the bat. These men would gladly give their lives to protect it, and they do, give their lives to David to protect him in battle. But they would also hasten to get David anything they thought he might need the smallest needs. Uh, mighty men, listen to me, mighty men would run to do that for David. Mighty men, not servants, mighty warriors. There were 39 of them that he counted. He had lots more in his military, but 39 of them are labeled as being mighty men. Three of them just happened to hear him in passing. <coughs> Boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a drink of water? I'm eating right now. Uh, have a drink of water and three mighty men. Anyway. Uh, they took off to, help. yeah, yeah, I said mighty men. And uh, so they went down and they leave David and they go down there and they fight a garrison or a troop. Now a troop, I have three guys going against a troop is anywhere from 20 to 100. It's all according to the size of city that they were left there to guard. So there's no real actual number, but normally it's somewhere between 20 to 100 men, three men. Go down. That's why David said they hazard their blood to do this. So David's watching this and thinking, what, what, are they, what are they doing? Maybe he even forgot that he happened to mention, boy, wouldn't it be nice? Man, that cool water down there, that would be something I would love. And they're already gone. They're off doing what they think they need to do. They fight their way down. They get a bucket or a glass of water, whatever the case may be, a, 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 a skin full of water. They're fighting the whole time. It's not once they got down there. Okay, boys, take a break. They're, they're fighting while they go down. They're fighting while they're there. 20 to 100 men, they fight their way through, and then they have to fight their way back. They get back to David all of a sudden. They took the water. They gave it to their leader, who they loved, and David pours it out on the ground. I used to read that, and I think, well, how ungrateful. Man, after all these guys went through, look what you did. It really kind of bothered me at first, but he poured it out to the Lord. Now, I suppose if it were me or you, if you're not really sure about this story yet, you might have said the same thing. 
How could he do that? He saw these guys battle their way down there, put their lives on the line, battle their way back, put their lives on the line. They all said, David, we love you, handed him that drink, that skin of water, whatever it was, and he poured it out on the ground. Now, you and I would probably say something like this. If I was one of David's mighty men, <laughs> I'd never do that again. But with that kind of thinking, we probably couldn't be any of David's men. Isn't it something? We ask these questions, and we doubt, and we have these problems in our mind, and we think that that should not happen. Why do we question when they didn't question, and they're the ones that performed the deed? They did not question, David, why would you do that? Yet we weren't even there, and we questioned, why did they do that? So here's what I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you about David's offering, okay? I just want to talk to you about David's offering. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us please tonight that it would make sense to the dear people. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, how could David, that's called a sacrifice, it's called an offering. How could David take something as common as water and make it a sacrifice? He did. The Bible says that he did. We have to understand, we may find out that there can be sacrifices out of some of the smallest things, some of the most common things that we can think about. Now, to be honest with you, sometimes sacrifices are great things, large things, giving things. Sometimes that's true, and it's still a sacrifice. But things that are small, what about the woman who gave the two mites? How about the lady there, way back in the Old Testament there with Elijah, who took her last bit of meal and gave it to the preacher and said, here, it's more important for you than me. And she and her boy was going to die. But God took care of them too. What about the lad that had the two, fi two fishes and five loaves? That's all he had. He gave it to them. Gave it to Jesus as a sacrifice to help other people. Many times it may be something large. We've had people around here do things like that. I mean, give large amounts, give large abilities away to God and for his case. Sometimes the sacrifice may be something as extra as this. Could be an extra hour of your time. A lot of busy people in here. A lot of busy people. you got a lot going on. And yet you decide, you know something, I'm going to take an hour and set it aside to do this for God and his church. Now, you may not, something as common as time, you know, it's like, I mean, it's here all the time. And so what you do sometimes, maybe on a Saturday morning, you decide, listen to Brother Pledger, you know something, I'm going to stay out an extra half hour just to witness. Now that's your precious time. you got a lot going on. But you decide to take that time, which everybody has, it's common to everybody, and you decide to take some of your precious time and set it aside as a sacrifice. God, I'm giving this to you, something special just for you. How about leaving your family for an hour or two to help decorate? Boy, you talk about a busy week, Lenny. Or to clean the building. Nobody makes anybody do that. These are volunteers for the most part. How about to paint or fix something up so that when people visit here, they'll want to come back because they see the cleanliness of our building. Very, very important. But to you, it's not like, okay, I'm on staff here. I, I live here. You don't. So for you to set yourself aside and say, I want to do this, I want to help, that's a sacrifice of something of just called time putting in an extra $5, 10 50 $20 because you know that you want to purchase. We're trying to purchase something, maybe chairs or, or a piece of property or a bus barn, uh, and we're trying to do all this, right? And so you decide to give something to that. You know, it didn't make any difference what it is. You said, but it's only $5. Sometimes if it's very precious to you, it's not the size that matters.
it's not just the amount that matters. It's not the big deal that matters. It is something that matters to you, and because of that, it matters to God also. How about something like, you know the budget's a little tight. You don't need to be reminded of that. You know that. So you decide without anybody prodding, challenging, or anything. You decide on your own. You go to God and you say, Lord, you've been awful good to me. And I want to sacrifice some of it just to say thank you. Well, you can't give it to God. Right? Hey, wake up, fall asleep later. You can't give it to God. And so you give it through his church, and that's the way God works. So we find out here what you've done. You've searched your heart and your wallet and said, I, I want to give this. I want to give that. So we have to understand what a tremendous sacrifice, something as common as time, something as common as effort or strength, something as common as, believe it or not, money is very common. And in David's case, water. Just something common as water, he made it a sacrifice. How about this? Quiet moments of time that you turn into a special time you want to give just to God. Sacrifice. Just common stuff. Just things that are around us all the time. Sometimes a sacrifice can and must be something as uncommon as Jesus giving his life. That is as uncommon as it's only going to happen once. That's how uncommon that is. But many times we think that's what sacrifice is all about. No, many times it's just something as common as water, as common as time, as common as effort. Sometimes it's just common stuff that can be turned into a sacrifice. And I think this is what David did. David took water and made it a sacrifice to God. David did that. Sacrifice can be praises to Jesus. Bible talk about from the fruit of our lips. The Bible says the sacrifice of praise unto God, that is the fruit of our lips. You know, when you on purpose set time aside to just praise God, God said, words, just words. Nobody's around, just you and God. And God said, you're doing that for me. And God calls that a sacrifice. So David's sacrifice was a common thing. But watch this very carefully. Number two, David's sacrifice, though common, was very costly. It was common, but it was very costly. Look at verse number 17. Verse number 17, go back to Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 23, and verse number 17. And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this thing. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? See, it wasn't the water. What made it valuable was the sacrifice of those men and what they had to go through. Let me explain to you. This common water was secured by the jeopardy of men's lives. That's what made it have value. A common thing made precious because it was purchased at a great price. That shouldn't be that hard for Christians to understand it when you stop and think about what Jesus did for you. What makes us so precious to God? Does that make any sense? Common sinners, right? We're just common. Everybody is one. And yet what makes us so precious to God is the value of the purchase. That was Jesus Christ. The reason Jesus loves us, uh, the reason that God loves us is because of Jesus. The value that he gave, he gave himself for us. God loves us because of the per purchase price that was given for us. Common stuff became uncommon and valuable because of the sacrifice which was given. So let's stop and think about this. David knew enough about God to realize sacrifice and offering, if it does not cost you anything, because he didn't have to pay anything. What was he paying for? 
And so, um, I'm not even going to pay attention to you. Now, there we go. Now, David knew enough about God to know if you're going to sacrifice something, it has to cost you something. Of course, not a sacrifice. David said, if you remember our verse in 2 Samuel 24, 24, you remember that? And the king is talking about David now. When all this thing had been settled, he comes to this man's uh, area where he lived in. He had a threshing floor. Normally that was a real hard uh, 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 wood or, or concrete or something like that or, or stones. And they would throw their grain down and they would have an ox or an animal go round and round. And they'd have this big wheel that would crush it all out. And so it was called a threshing floor. It's where you threshed wheat or corn or whatever the case may be. So David comes there when he sees the king. David coming, he bows down. He said, look, what are you doing here? He said, I come to give an offering to the Lord. And he said, here, take my oxen for free. Take, take all of the wood you need for free. Take the threshing floor. It's for free. And David said, not on your life. Can't do that. Here's what David said. Look at verse 24, chapter 24. And the king, David, if you would, said unto Arana, this is the man that owned the place, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee of a price. Now, here's Baptist. Oh, I didn't even have to pay for it. <laughs> That's Baptist, right? Going out to eat, they're going to pay for it. Man, this is great. I'll go all the time. That's Baptist, right? Right? We actually think it's cool Baptists if you don't have to pay for anything. Now, what did David mean? Watch what he says. Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. The guy was going to give him the wood. The guy was going to give him the oxen for the sacrifice. The guy was going to give him the threshing floor to set the whole thing up. He knew David was the king. David, whatever you want. David knew enough about God that if it didn't cost David something, if it didn't mean something to David, it wouldn't mean anything to God. It's not a sacrifice if you can take it or leave it. It's not a sacrifice if it doesn't mean anything to you. So David said, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth not cost me nothing. He said, when I get ready to give a sacrifice, it's supposed to cost me something. David knew enough about God to say, even though this guy, I'm sure he wasn't stepping out of bounds. He was just saying, you're the king. Anything you want is yours. David said, about time somebody heard that. That's not what David did. David looked at this and said, no, 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 I can't do that. I give a sacrifice to God. It needs to cost me something. There are those who reserve and keep back from God the good stuff. We all like to talk about how God blessed us. And then what do we do? We give God the torn, the lame, the sick, the leftovers. The leftover money, the leftover time, the leftover goods, the I'm old and my life is falling apart. I think I'll go to church and give the rest of my life to the Lord. We're going to give him whatever's left over. Uh, whatever, whatever I have left in my life, I'll give that to God. They give God what they themselves no longer need, what has no value to them at all anymore. They're going to give to God. Do you see the bad part in all that? There's no value in that. If you can do without it, he can do without it. If it has no value to you, it has no value to God. God wants us to pay and realize when it comes to sacrifice, it needs to cost us something. You can't get to the place where I can do without it. That's not a sacrifice. Well, you know something? Uh, we're at the place right now. Somebody gave it to us and really never meant much to us anyway. We might as well give that. That's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice when we can take it or leave it. You know, all the church has to do is repair it and fix it. 
I think I'll give this to the church. Or, worse than that, why can't we get something cheaper for the church? That's a lot of people who think they're being real frugal. Think, here's what we'll do. It's just the church. I can get that for $2.95. Okay, it's not quite the same quality, and it's not going to look as good, but it'll fit the need. So basically, it doesn't mean much to you. If it doesn't mean much to you, it doesn't mean much to God. It could have been valuable. It could have been costly. It could have been a real sacrifice, no matter how small or common, had it had value to it from the giver. If it has no value from the giver to what you're giving to God or for his work, then it doesn't need it. If you can do without it, if you don't need it, he don't need it. He doesn't need it anyway. What he's after is your heart. He wants to know, does it matter to you? What if you were giving? Uh, 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 what if you were giving? Oh. Who wrote this? Oh, okay, okay. I got that. I wonder how they're signing this. I want to know how Spanish people are doing this right now. What if you gave and from your heart or from your lips you said this God this means a lot to me but it's not much but I want you to have this it means a lot to me can't you imagine how God looks on that and says that means a lot to you doesn't it? water right effort right it's not always money first thing we think about that's because money's always on our mind and so all these things that are going on God please accept this sacrifice I'm giving it to you. By the way, in the Old Testament, there was a water sacrifice that they that they were supposed to give at certain times. The Lord our God, does he not deserve our best? I'm just asking. If he doesn't, then let's just all go home and call it quits. He deserves our best. After our tithes and offerings, after our pledges and our vows, comes the value, the costly, the turning the head of God called sacrifice. After we've done everything we've already said we would do or already asked of God by us, now comes sacrifice. It's where the Bible talks about obedience is better than sacrifice, but it didn't say sacrifice didn't matter. For those of you that don't, don't read your Bible, then one day say, you know something, I'm reading my Bible through 15 times this year. So let me see, you won't just obey to read it and study it every day, but you're going to sacrifice and God said, I'll tell you what really will mean a lot to me if you just do what you're supposed to do. The same thing with tithes and offerings, right? Every time I miss it, it's like, oh, man, there he said it again. Oh, I wonder if he's staring at me. Why does he keep looking at me that way? Uh, and so you feel real good. So you decide, I'm going to write a handsome check. Boy, I'm telling you what, I love that church too. So you're going to sacrifice. You know what God really wants you to do? Every time God prospers you, give 10% in an offering. You're going to find out that's a whole lot easier once you learn how to do that than to give a sacrifice every time you turn around. See, it's not the size or the amount, but the sacrifice or cost to you. Can I say something? When you put your tithe check or you, uh, what do you call it, receipt, huh? Yeah, but what's that called? I know that's the system, but what's it called? Ele electronic giving? No, does that sound good? When you do that, do you just push numbers and let it go? Do you just write out a check and let it go? You don't even think about it. 
So basically what you're saying is, this really doesn't bother me anymore. It really has no real meaning. Can you just let it go? Ladies and gentlemen, you're missing out on what could be something very special between you and God. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with thy substance. So for those of you that are super spiritual and say, I give my heart and my spirit to the Lord, uh, he said substance. Substance in particular are things you have here, things that God has given you. And so God wants and deserves the first fruits of our life, not the leftovers. You remember in the Old Testament they were doing that. That's why God said the things that pass under the rod, okay, when it comes time to, to, to uh, tithe, God said, okay, now they tithe with sheep and animals and those kinds of things. So they called it passing under the rod. So somebody would be there, one of the priests would be there with a rod, and they go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, if that's God's, one, two, three, four. You notice every tenth one or every first one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that belongs to God. They didn't go, whoa. That one don't look too good. doesn't make any difference. When it comes time to tithe, every tenth belongs to the Lord. Don't care what shape it's in. Don't care how large it is. Don't care how small it is. It goes to the Lord. Now, when it comes time to offering, that's totally different. The offering is your best. Sacrifice is your best. Those things have to come from the heart and should be the best thing that you have to give to God. Not the that which costs me nothing. That is not a sacrifice. That is not a good offering. But when it comes to the tithe, well, this isn't much, and maybe God won't. God said, look, that's the tenth one. You can give it to me. So every time one would pass underneath there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, get, it goes to the Lord. One, two, three, four, five. That's the way they tithed in the Old Testament. If they did not have coin, that's what they did. So you go like, well, I, it's not much, and so maybe it won't make it. That's not the point. God's saying, I just want to know, first of all, will you obey me? Now we can move on to the offering. Then we can move on to sacrifice. This is what God wants us to do. It's not a, with a little fixing up, this will be acceptable to God. Look, the only thing God wants to fix up is you. And God's very good at doing that. This drink of water, David now held in his possession, which is common. You know what made it costly? Those men's lives. David recognized that and said, they hazard their life, their blood for me because of this glass of water that in passing I went, yeah, it'd be nice to have a cool drink of water. And off they went. And David's watching this whole thing and can't believe they're fighting their way through a troop going down. They get the water, fight their way back, give it to David. And I think they knew what that was all about too, you know. And so David takes it and pours it out to God. And you never hear them complain about it. You never hear them say anything about it. They knew exactly what David, and they knew how precious that this was. Number three, David's offering was a desirable thing. David's offering was a desirable thing. Look at verse number 15. David longed, he had a great desire, for the water of Bethlehem. In making this offering, David was not giving that which had he had no need for, or he did not really want. He really wanted this. I mean, he's in the middle of hiding and in a battle, and he, and, and he just happens to, you know, that really be, he's something he wanted. He longed for that. He really wanted this thing. The Bible said David longed for it. It was desirable. This water that I poured out, it wasn't I can take it or leave it. I really wanted that. But it was so precious because of the value that those men put on it. David said, I'm giving God what you brought to me. That's how precious that this is. Isn't that something? I knew a lady one time, I don't know how old she was, a widow woman, uh, my wife would be rude to say something to me, but I guess she's a widow, long, long time ago, 
and she lived in a trailer. She was alone, barely making ends meet. Husband had already left her. All kinds of things had gone on in her life. And uh, But the preacher in a given church got her back into the church. She was so thankful for all of that. She was just glad to be a part of the church. And she got right with God. And I mean, she really got right. But there wasn't a lot she could do because she didn't have much. She was barely making ends meet, had just re, uh, retired from her job, wasn't making a whole lot from that. And uh, during that time, the preacher said, we're going to try to get five buses all at one time. Now, this is way back in the day, but still, uh, we were going to get, and I think it was one or two buses would cost us $500 each. We got 10 or 11 buses all at one time. Well, she wanted to be a part of this, but she didn't have any money. She could, and then one day she got an unexpected late check from her work for $900. Now, nobody would have blamed her for keeping it. It's something she could have used. It's something that she needed. It's something that she wanted. But you see, she had told the Lord, I wish I could help. And so she takes some money that was very valuable to her. She lived in a trailer. There's nobody else there, just her. But her only help was the local church. And she said, I want to be a part of what's going on too. I understand my wife knows who this woman is. And so what happens is she took something as common as money. And because of what she could use it for and what it meant to her, when she gave a sacrifice, now to some people, $1,000, okay, that's not too bad. Some people can do that. Understand what she was doing. She was giving it to the Lord, something as common as that. Something she desired, something that would have helped her, something that would have calmed things down. Nobody would have faulted her for it. Nobody would have said, what are you doing? We're trying to get busted. No, everybody knew she needed this money. It might as well have been a drink of water that she poured out to the Lord. It might as well have been that. The same way that David did this and God looked upon him, she was basically taking something very, very valuable to her. That's common, common as money, very valuable to her, and saying, I want to give this to the Lord's work. I want to help. So, oh, by the way, she put another hundred with it so that she could get a thousand. Here's what she did. It's kind of cute, to be honest with you. But to show you the strength of the flesh, she called the preacher and said, uh, told him the whole story. He said, I need to get, I need to come over today. Are you at the church? He said, well, yes, but you can get some Sunday. She said, no, no. She said, I want to make sure that I'm not tempted to keep it. I want to bring it over right now and give it to you. And she did. And she did. So here's what you have to understand. It became a sacrifice when it meant something to her. Yet she willingly gave it to God. It meant something to her, therefore it meant something to God. Does that make sense? We think, well, God knows everything and he knows I can't and he knows I... Because of that, God said, what do you do? That's very valuable. Give it up. Okay, so here we're going through this whole fake COVID stuff and, and fake economy stuff that our president has caused most of this problem. The war over in Ukraine did not cause our problem at all. It, it didn't do it. It didn't do it at all. So, therefore, don't get me off on that. I told you, Brother Soderberg, start that. Many people willing, willingly part with their goods and charity during charity on purpose, especially when death is staring them in the face. I've heard of people, I don't know why somebody won't do that here. On their death, come to find out, in their last will and testament, they gave $32 million to Anchor Baptist Church. Why does that only happen to Catholic churches? 
Notre Dame got $10 million because somebody that went to Notre Dame when they were in college, and I'm thinking, come on. How about, it even bothered me when another Baptist tells me, yeah, uh, we had 250, Brother Cox was, right? We had $250 in debt, $250,000 in debt, and an old farmer just stopped by and said, Preacher, you shouldn't need to worry about that. Here's a check for our debt. And he's just clapping and rejoicing, and I'm just staring at him. And I said, I'll just bet you, you didn't bring up my name one time, did you? He laughed. He said, Brother Bell, he said, if I'd have thought about it, I said, Brother Cox, don't you start that with me. Giving at such a time. When you're dying and you have all this money and you, there's nothing, you, it, it, it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. There's nothing you're going to do with it. You're dying. To give it at that time, there's no value behind that. What's, what's the value? What's the sacrifice? You can't take it with you. I don't know how to break the news to somebody yet. You keep saving up, saving up, saving up. What are you going to do? Give to a bunch of kids that are following you that don't want to live for the Lord anyway. And you think somehow that's a real nice thing to do. I think we'll answer to God for that's what I think. In pouring out the water, David was giving the best that he had. The possession the, the possession at that time, that's all he had. You said, well, he's the king. He could afford No, no, he's hiding in a cave. That's the most valuable thing he had at the time was water. He said, this is the most valuable thing I have. And it's valuable because of their life. And dear God, I want this. And I would love to have this. I am giving this to you. That's what made it valuable. God accepted that as a sacrifice. See, he needed it. He wanted it. He used. He had a use for it. It was not extra. This water was not extra. This was something David wanted. It was his. It was valuable. And that's why when he gave it to God, it was a sacrifice and pleasing to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, when you give, don't just throw something in the plate. Where's your heart? Where's your spirit in all of that? It should bother us that we cannot do more. Really, don't look at me like that. It should always bother us that I cannot do more. And the little that you have, widow with two mites, lady who, by the way, her uh, mobile home caught on fire. She almost died in the fire. got burned real bad. She didn't stop going to church. Her family that was still alive tried to make her stop going. She wouldn't do it. So to give that to the Lord, that was a sacrifice. And so what happened here is this. Christ poured himself out for us, did he not? The Bible said, present your bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Perhaps your body is your most valuable thing. And I'm not trying to be funny about that. I'm talking about your abilities, your talents, your strength, whatever the case, your knowledge, your intellect, whatever it is. Bus folks, Sunday school people, ushers, choir, sound people, everybody. Listen, understand, these people give themselves, they don't get paid for this. They would like to come here and sit and stare and fall asleep like you do. Or gossip, whatever you ladies do. They would love to do stuff like this. But they have decided during their church time when they would love to be unimpeded by other things, no, I'm going to be up in the sound room helping my preacher. I'm going to help so other people can gain the advantage with Jesus Christ. I am going to walk the hallways and amen from all the way out there because he wants you to enjoy your life. Ladies and gentlemen, they sacrifice something very valuable to them. They're here every service and yet are not actually in the service. Choir, same way. Oh, I'd love to sing, but I ain't going there that early. 
Oh, you think they love to do that? Oh, yeah, I've got an extra hour to kill. It's valuable time. But they give themselves to that. Number four, what was given by David could not be taken back. What was given by David cannot be taken back. David knew once he decided to pour that valuable water out on that dry ground, there was no way to get it back. Are you listening to me? There is no way to get back. By the way, I think if he had poured the water in a basin, David still wouldn't have taken it back. You know why? What is it? I am giving this as sacrifice to God. I don't care if I pour it in a basin or I pour it out on the ground. He said, well, on the ground, he couldn't get it back. He would have got it back if he wanted to. If he'd have poured all the water in a basin, he wouldn't have said later on, I really need this now. But you know that a lot of Christians tend to do that, don't they? A lot of Christians in who would ever think taking back what they've given to God? Who would ever think of doing such a rotten thing as to sacrifice something to God and then decide, I think I'll take that back? What is given to God or vowed to God or promised to him is always his. Is that not correct? I believe even if David, as I said, poured in a basin, he would still say, it's not mine anymore. I gave it to God as a sacrifice. Because he gave it to God, therefore, he could not take it back. He couldn't. It would be stealing. I know Christians who have given things to the Lord's work to only reclaim them at a later time. It's amazing what people do when they walk out of a church. Those are my chairs. I remember buying them. I'm just glad you don't decide to take some of the carpet with you when you leave. You think I'm kidding you. Those are our songbooks that we purchased. We're taking them with us. Because you don't believe that anybody would sue you or call an attorney on you, do you? You just don't believe that. You know something? I don't have to. Now, if Mike took all the sound equipment, I would sue the socks right off of him. You have socks on? I'll sue the socks right off of him. People have taken heaters with them, chairs with them, their money. I want my money back. Now, can't you imagine standing before the Lord while you were there and put that in the offering and gave it to God on your way out, now you're going to take your money with you. I bet that's going to go over big on the, on the judgment day. Sound equipment, furniture, furniture. Are you kidding me, furniture? You know what I should have got up with just like this? Yeah, uh, Bob, uh, he's taking the furniture in the hallway away from the church because he said it's his. I should just get up, but I don't do that. me carefully. Whether the church fell apart or not, I did not regret giving what I gave. 
On the other side of town, when our church fell apart, I come back to see if I can help. I was in college at the time down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I came back up there. You wouldn't believe the murmuring, the complaining, and the blaming, and wishing they had never given or helped at all because of the condition that the preacher left the church in. They were talking to me saying, you don't understand, that's my sound room. After all I did for the church, you don't know, Brother Bell, how much that hurt. Really? The preacher was my brother. What are you talking about? What you gave. What are you talking about? It's yours. It's not yours. You give something away. I tell people this all the time. When you give something to someone, if you're ever going to lay any claim on it, don't ever give it away. Women are good about this. Oh, I, I see. At the ladies' meeting, you gave away the dress I gave you. <laughs> now, I just made something up. If that, if that happened, I don't want to tell you. Oh, aren't those the shoes that I bought for you? God forbid should it be jewelry. That was my favorite jewelry I gave to you. I was hoping you would keep So why didn't you just keep it? So basically, when you give it away, you really didn't give it away. You gave it away and said it's still yours. Because now you still want to control it and tell other people what they say. Well, I didn't know they were going to give it away. Then you should have kept it. People do the same thing with God. I gave it as a sacrifice to God, and it's his. What I do for God, everything I do here, what I did on the other side, look, I helped clear all that land by hand. I helped build those buildings. We didn't have a company come in. Our people built them. I'm going to take you all over there one of these days and show you those buildings. Beautiful buildings, nice buildings. And they've been up for a long, long time, and they're still standing pretty good. Now, the church isn't what it's supposed to be, but the building's still there. And you say, well, how do you feel about all that? I didn't do it for the preacher. I did it for God. I thought we were serving God. Are you serving the preacher? Oh, you're serving yourself. You're doing this so you can get ahead. Wrong motive. Listen to me very carefully. Therefore, when this whole thing falls down, and there's the possibility that it can at any given time, not trying to make you nervous, so hurry up and give while you can. Now, what you pledge to God that you've taken back or have never followed through with to begin with, you know, I think I'm going to do this. That belongs to God. That belongs to God. You said I haven't given it yet. It belongs to God. You've already told God if this, ready? Boy, if our income tax comes in, you know, I think what I'm going to do. Then the income tax comes in. Whoa, look at the size of that check. Some of you do that every week, don't you? The last thing you pay. What are you looking so upset about? Giving is a grace of God. You know that, right? So if you're not giving, God's grace is not great upon your life. The great thing about God was that he gave. And aren't we glad that he does that? So if I'm going to be like God, I should be that way. And so what happens is you should say to yourself, I gave that to God. That water is no longer mine. Even if I could reclaim it, it's not mine. I can't reclaim it. Whether I put it in a basin or pour it out on the ground, that strength that I said belongs to God, I'm not taking that back. You think it bothers me that for the past 51 years, all of my strength, all of my effort, everything I've given to a local church, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm glad to do that. Matter of fact, I find it very hard to pull away. Even at times when I think, you know, I think I've about had it. Uh, you know, I'm getting old one of these days. Thank you, you're very kind. 
And I think to myself all the time, what do you have any regrets? Look, there have been a lot of heartaches. I don't want to lie to anybody. There have been a lot of tough times. I do not regret what I have done and given to my Savior. When you give, is it from the leftovers? I can afford to do this. I really don't need that. Is that, is that how we're giving now? Do you remember when you first got saved? Oh, I just need God's blessings in my life. Preacher, you don't believe it. I got a call the other day about a job. Man, did God bless. Very happy for you. Seriously, very happy for you. And then you tithe for about a month or two. And then you start buying stuff. You start getting stuff. Oh, oh for you. And when you can, you'll put a dollar or something in there. Right? You forgot God blessed you. Now it's all about you instead of about him. You say, preacher, what's this all about? So you find out here, did you do it just because others did? No motive towards God. Is that why you gave? I'm going to say something right now. I don't do it that way. I don't think it's biblical to do it that way. I think what you ought to do before you write out a check. By the way, here's what you did. Let's see. I owe Sears. I'm sorry. Macy's. Walmart. Uh, Amazon. Just keep calling, yeah. Oh, I want that. 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 Then you make out their check, and you've got a buck fifty left as your tithes and offerings. Now I don't understand how everybody keeps advancing in your job and talking about how much you've been blessed, and your tithes and offerings haven't gone up one bit. She happens to be a little bit like her daddy, and uh, she struggles a lot. But I have a younger son who I, I didn't know our kids were this smart. I knew they were good when they were took after their dad. All my kids are good that way. And that's how I know they're mine. And uh, he said, maybe I'm one of your kids. Now all my kids are good looking. Um, and, and so my youngest son, I didn't even know this, by the way. We were down there not too long ago. I was talking to him. And he starts telling me he's taken, what, Taekwondo and did some MMA. And, I mean, he's about 6'1", six, six one, 190, something like that. Good-looking kid. And um, I, I never even knew this. He goes into the military, and he was a qualified sniper. Where did this kid learn how to do that? We live in the city. Now, I can shoot a gun. I mean, I run around. But a sniper? Man, you got to be smart. you got to know a lot about mathematics to be a sniper. It's not like I'm a good shot. Oh, no, no. A lot of math goes into that kind of stuff nowadays. And he was at the top of his class. I never even knew that. Well, they kind of cheat him on a few levels, and he said, I'm out of here. If that's the way you do things in the military, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to school for all I'm worth. So he decided that he was going to Cybersecurity. 
masters for good. When, when did that happen in our family? We grew up here in the city. We went to West High University right down here around the corner, didn't we? Amen. And this kid who come from me is now trying to set up a place for his mother so she can... They never mention my name. It's called a mother-in-law suite. What, what happened to me? What, what, I, I'm very offended. And so I, I, told, I told her, I said, here's what you tell James. Now, don't, don't tell him right away. But I said, if he'll buy some property, and the money go down there, and all I want is a small piece of property, ranch-style home. And I said, my wife can babysit for you all she wants to. And he can foot the bill because he's making lots of money. Now, you're all scared, aren't you? I'm not going anywhere. He, he'll never fall for it. Well, he may because of her, but he, they never, my, none of my kids ever mention it's always this. If anything happens to dad, you come live with us. They say that about her. What if something doesn't happen to dad and it happens to mom? That's not even funny. It's like, yeah, we love mom best. Yeah, it's kind of obvious. It's getting more obvious the whole time. May I ask you this? With all the blessings God has been sending your way, our when was the last time, ladies, quit your gossiping. When was the last time, just because you love the Lord, just because you love the Lord, with thought and heart, thought and heart, you purpose to give something back to Him just because? Do you have to have a reason? Do I have to bring up a reason? Why are we giving? You mean to tell me God hadn't just been good to you? Better than we deserve? Doesn't God do that? How about that last time you said, we're not making ends meet, and you got that call about that job? How about that? Isn't that something? What'd you do about that? Nothing? Somebody gave you a glass of water, and you kept it, and you downed it. By the way, it didn't quench your thirst. You know what you should have done? You should have poured that out to God. have to have a reason for, well, we're getting ready to turn off the lights. Man, let's hurry and give. Well, this is really, we need some more air conditioning. I'm making up stuff right now. I'm not about the financial thing. Uh, oh, they need this really bad. Honey, let's give. How about you don't say anything to anybody? And he's just really been good to you. And he has. God daily loadeth us with benefits. When they were watching these people give, Jesus, by the way, called his disciples over and said, I want you to watch these people give. You read the New Testament. He called them over by the temple. They used to have these big pots, and people with money, they would come in and put it in different pots for different things. And when they went through, Jesus said, they are giving of their abundance. He didn't say it was bad. They should. You make a lot, you should give a lot. I say, yeah, yeah this, is, this is not Democrats in here. You make a lot, you give a lot. But he said, here's what I want you to pay attention to. Watch this one thing. Watch her. Watch her. What's the big deal? It wasn't the two mites. She gave the last of all of her living to the Lord. And that's what I want to 
said she has given all her wealth. You say, well, it's not much. It's, you're missing the point there. It's the value that came along with those two pennies. That's all she had. Oh, they're giving her their abundance. Then they should. She didn't give of her abundance. She gave everything she had. That's what captured his attention. See, David, on the run, had just thirsted for something. Because he was thirsty. so precious, he won't give that to God. He knew God would accept that because of the value that was placed on something so common as water. Do you understand? He said, I, I can't give that much. That's not the point. The point is the purpose for which you're giving. The value. What does it mean to you? Look at me. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. It's when it means a lot to you, God says, they really needed that. They really wanted that. They've really been waiting on that. And look what they did. And you want God to bless your life during hard times? Most people pull back during hard times and quit their giving, ease up on their giving, and don't give anything extra. Wrong timing. Look, if you're going to go down and starve to death, which most of us are not going to do for a while anyway, it's during a hard time you say, God, I trust you. I'll put this away. They used to say all the time, if the devil's on you, Go win somebody to Christ. Just punch him right in the face. Just tell him, you ain't stopping me. I'm going to win somebody. I'll teach you to mess with me. I'll go win somebody to Christ. But see, when you talk about finances, you've got your wallet. You're hugging your purse. Is he really going to take up an offering tonight? Ushers, come on in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Woo, got by that one, didn't we? Would you listen to me? Something as common as water was a sacrifice. Thank you, dear Lord, for helping us. 